welcome to another edition of Back to My Point with Daniel N. I'm Daniel Nersessian, and today I have my first ever guest on the podcast. I'm here with my buddy from high school, John Uzbalkin. John, welcome. What's up? How you doing today? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm ready to break down the NBA predictions for the rest of the season. Right now, it's the All-Star break. And without further ado, let's get into it. First, I'm going to read these standings for the Eastern Conference as they sit right now. We've got the 76ers as the one seed, the Brooklyn Nets as the two seed, the Milwaukee Bucks as a three seed. We've got the Celtics as the four seed, the Knicks as the five seed, the Heat as the six seed, the Charlotte Hornets as the seven seed, Toronto Raptors as the eight seed. They actually are tied with both a record of 17 and 18 for the seven and eight seed slots. Then we've got the Chicago Bulls as the number nine seed, and we have the Pacers on the outside looking in. Well, I guess they'll make it to a bubble game, but they are the 10th seeded team with a record of 16 and 19. John, what are your predictions? What do you think we're going to end as far as the standings are concerned in the East? Well, for East, I think um, the top three missed a lot of games because I got the next Kyrie, one you know, because took a time off. So I think Smashes started gelling and just bringing in another body. Kyrie and Harden's just playing well together. So I think they're going to just grab the number one seed. Then I got Sixers at two, Bucks at the three, Celtics at the four, Heat at the five, Raptors at six. And I, I had the six, I think, like lined up already, like beginning of the season. And I think it's going to end up just like this. Then... At seven, I got Knicks over Pacers. Pacers at eight. And for nine and ten spot, I'm open to argue this because I can't put myself into, like, uh, letting Hawks outside, just keeping them outside. I think they're going to go up because they just changed their coach. Bogdanovich just coming back. So I think they're going to go in. But I don't know. Do you think Bulls or Bulls or Hornets stay up, out? It's, it's funny you say that because I, I, I have the Hornets as the 10 seed just because LaMelo has been playing so well. And I think he's one of the guys that like didn't like wasn't that well coached in his career. And he's I think you can see his raw talent, like, you know, jumping from Lithuania to, you know, to Australia and playing in that prep school in Ohio. He didn't have a lot of consistency. So I think he's one guy that can continue to grow. But I don't know. As far, I actually have the Wizards sneaking in as the eight seed just because I know right now they're not doing that well, but they've had those. I feel like those, I feel like raw talent normally overcomes. And you've got two star players on that squad with Westbrook and, of course, Bradley Beal. So, you know, I could see them making a run in, in, a, in a traditionally weak Eastern Conference. But, anyways, I'm going to give my standings. Our top three were the exact same. I have the Nets passing the Sixers as, as the one seed. I, I really like their signing of Blake Griffin. I know we were texting about this earlier. I didn't realize how bad his field goal percentage was the last couple of years, but, you know, I think he was demotivated in Detroit. It seemed like he was yep. spending more much time, more time working on his stand-up comedy than he was, <laughs> than he was playing basketball and training. So I think, you know, with, you know, a new, turning over a new leaf and getting a new, new, newfound energy underneath this Nets team, I think that'll help them. And then I've got um, the Sixers at number two. Uh, I was tempted to put the Bucks ahead of them, but I just think with Embiid being as good as he is, 
Um, and as good as he's played, I, I think he's maybe a little bit of a spoiler for next week. I think I have him as my MVP. Yeah, I but, think he has to push to the two seat to get it. So I think he wants to stay up there. Yeah, he's got to. I mean, he's he really has a fire under his, you know, under his, you know, what he's playing with so much passion. And he's really putting the whole team on his back. Um, I've got the box, like I said, at three, four. I've got the Heat making a little bit of a comeback. I think they've started to play better as of late. Um, you know, I think they've won. Uh, I think they've, they've won a lot more games recently than it seemed like. They came out with a really slow start out of the gate, so I have them picking up momentum. I have the Celtics at five, but man, if the Celtics could get a reliable center, which it seems like we've been saying that for like eight years now, but and a wing it, player and a wing player, it's just, I you know, I think they could really, really do some damage if they got a legitimate center. And then we've got, I've got the Pacers making a little bit of a comeback at six, at the six seed. Because if you look at the teams um, in the East right now, ranked fourth to 10th, they're only separated by, they, they all have 19, 18, 17, or 16 wins. They're only separated by three, four games, all those teams. So I think it's pretty easy to make a comeback. So I think yep. the Pacers could do it. I mean, for the, the teams you just counted, I mean, I'm assuming you got Raptors next. I, I I do not have the Raptors next. I actually have the Knicks at seven. Knicks at seven. I I just think that they've been playing like so many guys on the Knicks have been overplaying. That if they can continue to do like it's one of those things where it's like, it's almost everything is meshing at the right time, mm-hmm. and I feel like they're going to continue to do that. And if there's some guys that are vastly overplaying and some guys that are vastly underplaying that if they can get a, a steady medium of that i think they would be even better like i didn't expect quickly to be that good you know and i feel like i feel like they could get more out of uh, rookie ob toppin i feel like julius randall has played good overall but he's been inconsistent back and forth i feel like if everything clicks i feel like they could really be a good team and then i've got the wizards at eight they're seven and three out of their last 10 games. I have them as the eight seed because like, like I said, I feel like raw talent maybe trumps everything else. And then I've got the Raptors at nine. And then I've got, like I said earlier, Charlotte Hornets at number 10. All right. So, I'll, I'm going to go over some teams and you, you tell me what you think, because for your points, I believe that I think he's, he's going to make the push with Celtics. I mean, they're going to do be the first, uh, first round matchup. And one of those teams going to get eliminated in the first round. And when you think about it, Celtics, Heat, Raptors, Pacers. I mean, Pacers, uh, it's not like they made the second round in the last couple of years, but two of those teams going to get eliminated in the first round, which is going to suck because yeah. Celtics, Heat going to be a good um, good series as we saw last year in the Eastern Finals. But Heat, Raptors missing a lot of players early like for COVID issues and like Raptors moving and they had a lot of contact tracing. They couldn't even play in the like the last two games before the All-Star break because of the COVID tracing. So I got Raptors higher because of that, just because they're going to have a, their players, just like like nine of their top guys back. And for Pacers, I got them um, at eight. I got Knicks because at seven because of what you just said. They're gelling, but I don't think they, they can keep up. Well, I don't think they're going to finish top six like they are right now, but they're, I think they did well enough to be up there. But so you, you have eight. Knicks at eight and Raptors seven, or did I get those I got, two? Flips? I got Raptors at six. Knicks okay, Raptors at seven, at six. Got and it. Pacers at eight. 
uh, Pacers at eight because they are going to get TJ Warren back for sure. And l- they said Levert's going to come back. So if they come back, that's like 30 points that you missed. That is true. The whole year. But you think we're going to get the same TJ Warren that we got in the bubble last year? <laughs> um, I think uh, I don't know if you remember that video of like Jason Tatum talking smack to some of the players that overperformed that the bubble. Yeah, and they made a point of like that was Jamal Murray that he was talking smack to, and probably Tyler Harrell. But they said it was like mostly for T.J. Warren because he was just like scoring average thirty basically in the bubble games. Ridiculous! I mean, if he just averaged his regular what he averaged probably like sixteen, seventeen. Pacers need that, and I think they need to find like a they need to gel at some point because they couldn't do it with Oladipo, and I want to see if they can do it with Levert. But for your standings. I see that you left out your Bulls, right? Yeah. And the Hawks. Yeah. Let's talk about the Hawks a little because I want to see. I want to hear what you want to say because they just fired their coach. Like, what's the, what's the next move then? No, that's a great point. I think that the problem with the Hawks, and I think a lot of people kind of have speculated this, is they just always seem to be one of those all offense, no defense teams, and that's not how you can consistently win at, at a high level. You know, and just because they fired, so like, you know, they fired their coach. Um, does it, is that going to translate to guys getting motivated or is that going to translate to guys I mean, getting they got the dis- boost already? Like, I think they went two for two after. Yeah. Is that good? Is it going to translate? I don't know. For the rest of the season, I'm, it's too, too hard to predict too many unknown factors with the Hawks. Like I like John Collins. I like Trey Young. They've got a nice young core, but I just feel like. I feel like they don't have enough depth, honestly. Right. I mean, they go, they went for what you just meant, basically saying like they went for defense or offense. They got players that's like you only play this side of the ball, like Chris Dunn, or they got Rondo to be the backup. Like Rondo's stats this year, I'm looking right now, he's averaging 3.6 points a game and 3.5 assists. And he's shooting like he's shooting a point per shot. So that's not good obviously and yeah no that's like a great point minutes. like you're bring, bringing him to be like a backup but he doesn't like that obviously because it's not like he's going to play really good in regular season and you need a backup like i think jalen brunson is like the perfect nba backup you need someone like that to back up trey young when trey young is out you need somebody to carry the team and that name's obviously not rondo especially in regular season yeah no i agree i agree with you it does that's a really excellent point you make the atlanta hawks have are such a heavily weighted team, right? It's all their players are all offensive guys like Trey Young or all defensive guys, like you said, with Chris Dunn. And they need to find more well-rounded. Yep. Um, well, who was the second team you, you were asking me about Bulls. that I had missing? Oh, the Bulls. So, yeah, so the Chicago Bulls. Well, I, I am – I was born in New Jersey, so I am a Nets fan, but the Bulls are always going to be my number two team. But um, I, I just don't – I'll be honest. Uh, I've been in Florida since the NBA season started. It's, I haven't watched a ton of the Bulls as much as I normally do, at least when I'm in Chicago. But it seems like they just have like a. It seems like they're one of those paper rosters where you look at the roster and you're like, "Oh wow, they've got Laurie Markin and oh wow, they've got you know Otto Porter. Oh wow, they've got the roster looks good on paper, but it doesn't translate." Zach Levine's an all-star, right? It doesn't translate to any real wins, I feel like. That's kind of how I've thought about this Bulls team really for the last couple of years because it's like, wow, we've got all these good young pieces and we've got some guys that can play now. That, oh, Thaddeus Young averages however many, you know, like we got, yep. you know, Tom, Tomas Sadoransky's playing whatever. It's, it seems like it's 
all paper roster and there seems like it's almost a lack of chemistry because you wonder with a team as talented as they you know as they are on paper why they're not translating into wins but I don't know that's just my thought on the Bulls I'm sure you've been watching more of them than I have yeah because I mean I've been in Chicago since the season started and you know when they're on local tv like you get to watch them basically every night and I mean they play like good in moments where it's like like though you the players you said that looks good on paper it's like they're not on the on the floor it's like Sadoransky, Thaddeus Young like some random guys that's on the floor is closing the game with Levine and like they're winning or they're being a good team like like the a couple of weeks ago they had a game where it's like all the young guys you counted like Levine um Williams, Carter, Markinen and White like wasn't playing good and Billy Donovan was like okay I'm just going to put the like older guys in and he like rolled out five vets they cut the lead from like 20 to 6 and then he just subbed Levine in and Levine like went off and like they just won the game so it's like Donovan like does his stuff where like for the team that's like on the bottom that you just kind of like the team that's like going to look from the outside or trying to make the playing game. I think Donovan is like the best coach out of those. So he's going to help a lot, obviously, like compared to McMillan, who just became the head coach. But I mean, Chicago, if they not make it, I don't think it's the end of the world, but I feel like they got to find the, find something to do for marketing because I think that's not the perfect fit with marketing. I mean, Levine and Carter and White. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I don't, it seems the three of them, like the three of them don't play that well together. It's just hard having a, like a modern center like that doesn't shoot that well. And it seems like that's the problem with Wendell Carter. It seems like he can't, he doesn't stretch the floor enough for my liking yep. from what I've noticed from him. Anyways, okay, so we did the East. Let's do, should we do the playoffs or should you want to do the regular season um, for the West? I'll just add something with the Wizards. Because I didn't, I didn't even have them at my top ten. I think they started off so bad. That's a lot of ground to make up. Um, if they do a couple moves, like if they added some pieces where like instant, instant impact, maybe they make it up here with like I don't know how many games they got left. I'm assuming like forty to like thirty-eight games they got left. I feel like they gotta go like twenty-four and fourteen type of deal, and I feel like that's too hard with this roster. You'll never know because it's Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook. But well, I have noticed how well, like I said, how well they've been playing recently. They're seven and three out of their last ten. And but you're right though, like you take away Bradley Beal and you take away, um, obviously, you know, Russell Westbrook. Outside of those two guys, not a ton of talent. But you know, they could pick somebody up because they have like those guys playing a ton of minutes, and they have Roy Hachimura playing a ton of minutes. But you take Roy away those. Leto is finishing games. Yeah, exactly. If you you can easily up upgrade over Ronaldo. <laughs> yeah. Um anyways, wasn't Ronaldo a Turkish uh not Turkish league, but a Euroleague guy before he came yep. over? Yep. Who did he play for? Do you remember? I think he was with Madrid. Madrid makes sense. And then he came to um Philadelphia and bounced around. Anyways. Uh all right. So, let's go. Should we do you want to do regular right, season Let's do the yeah. Let's do West, and we'll do the playoffs. All right, done. All right. So right now the standings sit at the Utah Jazz as the one seed. As everybody knows, we've got the Phoenix Suns as the two seed. We're a little surprising, by the way. We've got the Lakers as the three seed. The other team in Los Angeles, the Clippers, as the four seed. We've got the Trailblazers as the five seed. The 
Denver Nuggets as the sixth seed, uh, a little bit lower than I thought, to be honest with you. Um, and then we have the San Antonio Spurs as the seventh seed, the Dallas Mavericks as the eighth seed, very low, and then the Golden State Warriors as the ninth seed, and then we have the Memphis Grizzlies as the number 10 seed. What are your thoughts on where we sit in the West? What surprises you? I'll give you briefly what surprises me the most. I didn't expect the Spurs to be anywhere near the top eight. I thought they were going to be maybe not anywhere near, but I had the Pelicans ahead of them. I had um, Dallas, Golden State. I had the Grizzlies ahead of them. So the fact that they're at seven is, is pretty impressive for, for me. And then um, I also didn't expect Dallas to be this low. I, I had them as high as maybe the five seed. And then I also thought Denver, I'll be honest, I had Denver going into this season as the number two seed in the Western Conference behind only the Lakers. So to see them all the way back here at six is a little bit surprising. But go ahead with, with your surprises. Like with the West, I, today I listened to um, Zach Lowe and Bill Simmons, and they they grouped West to like three groups with f- of five teams where Jazz, the uh, two Los Angeles teams, Suns and Nuggets as the top five. Mm-hmm. Then they got Blazers, Warriors, Spurs, Mavs, Memphis as the next five. And I agree. The bottom five is the ones that's going to stay outside. But uh, with beginning of the season with the podcast that I'm doing in Turkish with my brother, I said um, – Clips Lakers is like top two, and I had Jazz or Nuggets at three, and I said Warriors or Blazers, who's finishing higher, and top four seed, their star is gonna get the MVP, so it'd be Steph or Dame. With that, like Blazers are making that push, I think. With my like with my prediction, I I got Jazz finishing first, um, Clippers at two, Lakers at three, Suns four. The reason I have Suns at four because. Suns caught the teams, especially at the beginning of the season, in a way where it's like they're the same Suns. Like people thought that they're just gonna not an easier game, but it's not it's not gonna be the same focus level where you play against Clippers, Lakers. They caught them sleeping the old, a little bit. Yeah, the old Warriors. Now yeah. they got everybody's attention because they're the second best team in the league. But they are thirteen and five against five hundred teams over five, 500 and over teams. So they've been, I think, overachieved in that point. But I got them finishing fourth. Then Blazers at five, Nuggets at six, and Warriors at seven, Spurs at eight. And Mavericks at nine, and Memphis at 10. The reason I got um, Mavs, because, I mean, Spurs is going to fall eventually. Yeah. It's what I'm thinking, because some teams just, like Knicks, they over overperform. Mm-hmm. But... Mavs, like, they miss a lot of players, especially COVID. But I don't think they figured out the Josh Richardson thing yet where, like, what is he going to do for us? Yeah. Or, like, is he going to be able to close? Like, they got to figure out some lineups where they're, like, okay, like, we're top 60, whatever. But I don't think they figured that out yet. Hopefully they do because, like, I want to see Dallas in the playoff where it's, they didn't get, like, they don't get wrecked like last year. Yeah. And I, I want to see them stay too. healthy. I they might make the push, but I don't really see that. They I got them at nine, and which means they have to play in the playing game. And Memphis at ten because Pelicans is like four games back already, and Memphis like John Morant is like eight games, something like that. And Jaron Jackson Jr. is coming back. 
That's a good point. I kind of overlooked Memphis. I, you've just convinced me just in the two seconds of saying Jared Jackson Jr. and John Morant are coming back that I should have them at nine instead of 10 where I do have them. But here, let me go ahead and read my rankings or my predictions for the Western Conference Finals, final regular season standings. We've got the Utah Jazz. I've, I've got the Jazz at one. I really think they're going to stay at one. I, I really would have never thought that I would have said this. But the problem is, is they have a not the problem. The thing that's working for them is they have an 8.8 points positive point differential, which is by far the best in the league. You watch them. They're so well coached. They're playing so well together. And it's one of those things where they're playing so well. And it seems like nobody is on their. It feels like nobody is really on their level right. when they're on. And I just health is one of those things that's always it seems like you know Rudy Gobert has not been very injury prone in his life he's stayed pretty healthy Donovan Mitchell since he's been in the NBA hasn't missed too much time with injury Joe Ingles I can't remember ever missing too much time they've got they're, they're with their core pieces there's not a lot of injury prone guys and that's really the only thing along with other than like a COVID pause that I can see screwing them up bad enough during the regular season in the playoffs that's totally different because anybody can lose three out of five games or four out of seven games right but during the regular season i think their consistency and longevity is going to be enough anyways lakers i've got them at number finishing at number two i've actually got the clippers as the number three seed i I just think they have so much raw talent on their squad i've got denver at number four um I, I do have to, they have a, a 5.3 point differential, which is I think the fourth best in the NBA. So they've been blowing out bad teams, but barely losing a lot of close games. I think they're going to the, figure that out uh, in the rest of the season. I think, um, I think they just need Jamal Murray to, cause it seems like Jokic, obviously he's the, their best and most talented player, but it seems like they need a guy to take over, be that clutch guy, be that Kobe, that, you know, last last possession, like he did in the playoffs last year, that last possession, take the shot guy. So we'll see if he can turn the Jets on in that way. I've got the Suns dropping to the fifth seed in the West, which may surprise a lot of people, but I think you hit the ne- the, the head on the nail perfectly in that they were catching other teams kind of off guard, kind of under, you know, under, you know, uh, appreciating them and they, you know they're like yeah they're not that good they're not that good i think that eventually people are going to catch on and they're a brand new team they're, they don't know how to you know they're brand new it's hard to coach against them so i feel like the suns are going to be a team that's going to slide back a little bit and then i've got the uh the blazers at six i've got dallas finishing at seven i was hoping um that i think that they can figure things out i think Rick carlisle is a really good head coach and i think he's going to get the train back on the track I really do. And then anyways, we've got the Golden State Warriors at eight, we've got the Spurs at nine, and then the Grizzlies at 10, like I said earlier. But just by you telling me that Jaron Jackson Jr. is coming back, I, I almost want to flip-flop those two. Um, so Spurs, you, like, when they made it up there, like, it's not like they got to go like hard to keep themselves up there. Like, yeah, I don't when know. When you make it up there this early, it's going to, like, take not a miracle, but, like, you got to be bad for a couple of weeks. Well, I mean, they're only 18 and 14, right? And the Grizzlies are 16 and 16. Yeah, they so. missed a lot of games. I think they, them two teams, uh, played the most games in the second half. So they're going to have to play some back-to-backs a lot. And 
like one injury, one contact rating, you miss your, especially for Spurs where they got like eight guys or seven guys averaging double digits, you miss one of them. Like you can maybe plug in a guy because that's basically what Spurs do. But if you miss one of the top guys, it's going to be hard to keep up there. And with Blazers, um, they missed their top two, like two of their top guys. Yeah. And they're going to come back eventually. I think McCollum started like team practices already who should have been an all-star if he stayed healthy. But now he's coming. Like, Dame's workload going to get maybe – like, he'll be it'll be easier for him to just take over. It's not like he's killing it this year too. But I think Blazers going to keep it up there. For Suns, like, why do you think they're just going to fall? Because of, the, like, the same thing I said, but you got them falling more. I do, and I, it's more not uh, a direct attack on them. It's more that I just think that Denver – the Clippers and the Lakers all have a better roster and the Suns are ahead of them right now. And if you, I mean, if you look, the Suns have 24 wins, the Lakers have 24 wins and the Clippers have 24 wins. So they're not that, they're not separated by that much, you know? So it's very easy for these other teams to catch them. I know they've got more losses than the Suns do, but I just think like, but Chris Paul seems to always trick me anyways. Like I had the thunder like being the one of the worst teams in the had them, I think is the second or third worst team last year. They made the playoffs. Apparently there was, I don't know if you heard this entering into last season, for some reason with you, they calculated Oklahoma city's thunders percentage chance of just making the playoffs. And it was 0.2% or 2% or something something like that. It was like, what? There's a half the teams in the West make it. How was it that low? But that just goes to show you how poor that team was projected and same thing with these Suns. I had the Suns like entering the year. What did you have the Suns? I had them like seven seed, eight seed maybe. Yeah, I had them like that at the beginning of the season. Like you think that Chris Paul's gonna bring it and you were like you got like some sense of like normalcy and like playoff light from them in the bubble when they went eight for eight. But like they it's not that team. Like Kelly Uber is gone and Chris Paul, you know, brings a different style of basketball. You don't know if it's gonna fit. I mean fit in Oklahoma. But now it fits to, and you get Jay Crowder, who's like uh, not a big playoff guy for me. When you yeah. like, look at last year's finals and stuff, but um, for the Suns, the best thing that they could do is stay at four and be uh, Utah's second round matchup yeah. instead of having one of the Los Angeles teams there. And I think that's going to play a part for Jazz. But for the bottom teams, I I do believe in Nuggets, like you do. I think they're going to get up there. Maybe they could push for top four. Because I think Murray's just catching it up. He got 50 before the All-Star. All-Star. So if Nuggets keep up, because Jokic is probably number two in MVP right now. I think he is number two. But I would agree. And if he just catch a couple guys, then a lot of the a lot of the media, especially on that like Simmons and Low podcast they talked about today, they think uh, then we're gonna move to make if they push for someone and get that instant impact I talked about with. Uh, the other team and they can well, make it up there, but I don't know who. Well, let me, here's my question for you about Denver. Two things. First, first thing about Denver, a lot of people don't realize, did, don't realize because it was their lower key guys that were in and out, but they had a decent turnover. They lost, you know, Tory Craig. They traded Malik Beasley at the deadline last year. They, um, you know, Michael Porter's got a bigger role. Jeremy Grant left. Uh, they, they had, a, you know, they have a lot of incoming, you know, they had like three, four guys in the draft make it to their squad. 
So they had a big turnover from last year to this year, even though it wasn't the Jokic's or the, the big names that you would have, you know, thought, you know, but they did turn over the roster. My question is, let's, you're, um, you're Washington and Denver gives you a phone call and you say, hey, we, we want, we'll give you Bradley Beal or we want Bradley Beal, says Denver. What is your trade package for Bradley Beal? First of all, I think you call and you say, is Beal on the table? Yeah. I don't think Washington calls anybody. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Denver calls um, them. Without the salaries matching, I mean, we have to like go to trade machine and basically do it. But if I'm Washington, I'm asking for Paul Porter for sure. Because I think mm. you have like Beal is what? He's not even 30. I have yeah, to get something young. where he's like, I'm actually working right, looking right now. But you're getting how many first rounders Harden get? Four, five, something like that. I think he got four picks and two swaps. Yeah, four pick, four first round picks outright, and then two swaps, I believe. Oh, Bradley Beal is twenty seven right now. So, um, yeah, Harden got young. six picks. Um, Beal, I'm asking for four at least, four picks. Michael Porter, because they got who they got. Basically, they got Oladipo, or Levert, doesn't matter. Um, yeah, like a one, one like star potential guy, and four picks, and maybe like a contract filler. Yeah, I think it has to be contract filler. I don't know who they got there. Gary Harris, I think. Yeah, he would, he would matches, be the filler. He would be the filler. He's I think Porter has to be on the table. For if Denver's like looking, I mean, I think they hit their prime with the um, conference finals last year. But if their main goal is like to win it all, Porter, Porter has to be on the table. I would, you, you know, what, I would ask else. for Bowl Bowl too. I would ask for Bowl Bowl too. I really would. I think he's got a very high ceiling. Who has who does like who did Washington improve that you remember like Hachimura's just catching on? Yeah. Beal and Wall, like one of them was first pick. So obviously. No, that's a good point. Washington doesn't have a good track record of developing young talent. I didn't th- I didn't think about that. But it doesn't mean you don't want young talent. <laughs> Anyways, um, do you want to give Muir uh how it's gonna play out in the East? All right, let's all right, let's do it with the East. So Obviously, Nets. Pay, um, are we just gonna assume uh, top seeds winning play-ins? I'll just that's, assume that. That's I what I was gonna that. assume myself. Yeah, let's just do like the old ways. So Nets, Pacers, Pacers. I don't know. They'll be happy if they play in, in one overtime game. Maybe I think Nets gonna come up so easy. So obviously, Nets over Pacers, Sixers over Knicks, um, Bucks, Raptors. That. I think it's going to depend on what kind of roster the Raptors have at the end of the season. With no moves, it'll be fun. It'll be a fun, it'll be like the most fun series here. Um, I'll take Bucks in. I think this is this will be like the series where we're like, wow, look at Bucks. They suck again. Like we we like thought of them so much and they not good again. And so I'll just, I'll keep on the Bucks and for Celtic seat. I don't know. It's a coin flip. Whoever's at better shape at that time, which what happened last year. So, uh, I'm uh, I'm gonna assume Celtics make one move with the trade exception they got. So, I'm gonna have the top four seed proceed. How much is that trade exception? Do you know off the top of your head? It's like twenty nine, twenty nine to thirty, something like that. Oh wow, that's huge. Like it's enough where they can fit like Vucevic. Wow, that would be big getting Vucevic. Yeah, but they can't give anything else. The only trade that I hear about with them is um, them getting Harrison Barnes and 
what like that brings what 25 to 30 minutes a night maybe but not that much if you're cleveland and and the celtics say hey we'll give you a first round pick for kevin love do you take it no way kevin love doesn't get first round pick that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying is the celtics could do it if they wanted to because if they get a top 15 protected first round pick I would you take that if you were Cleveland? Are you closing Kemba, Marcus, Jalen, Jason, Kevin Love? Oh yeah, you're right. You got to make the salary match. That's the problem. No, not even that. The trade exception probably fits that. But who's gonna rebound when you're closing the game with that five? Well, you know, maybe you just use him during not down the stretch, and you keep you know Tyson with in the crunch time when you really need rebounding, but when you don't necessarily, you know, when you're running and gunning in the middle of games, maybe you throw yep. Kevin Lovin. I don't know. Hypothetical. Uh, Kevin Lovin's going to be like, if he gets a buyout, it'll be like Blake Griffin move, but I don't know if he, if he will get a buyout, but um, for Celtics, I got top four improve, uh, top four going. What you got? So, what I had for my thing is I was just going to do them based on how I my predictions and the standings ended. So I had, obviously, the Nets winning against whatever seed they play because I have them finishing as the one seed. Whoever they play, seven through ten, I've got them winning. In the opening round, I had the Heat finishing as the four seed and the Celtics as the five seed. In my predictions, I decided to go with the Miami Heat because I feel like the two – in my predictions, I had them as the four seed. And in order to go from the six to the four seed, they'll probably have had to have caught fire and played better. It seems like they're playing well as of as of late. It seems like um, it seems like they've got a pretty solid squad overall. I think Jimmy Butler is like one of those difference makers that he can just close out games. And then um, I've got between the Bucks and the Pacers is who I have winning that. I've got the Bucks advancing. And then I've got the Sixers as the two seed. Whoever they end up playing um, in that in the opening game, in the play-in game, I've got the Sixers winning. And then we've got the Bucks in the Sixers in the semis. I'm taking. Wait, so who's your semis now? Bucks Nets. is the th- Bucks, Sixers, Nets, Nets Heat. Heats. Okay. Yeah. So do you got, you want me to go, or do you want to do I yours? Got, um... Nets, Celtics, Sixers, Bucks. So basically close. Yeah. I'm just going to – Nets, Sixers is conference finals for me. Wow. What you got? I've got I've got the Nets, and then I've got the Bucks over the Sixers because here's why. I think this is a do-or-die situation for Giannis. I think if he doesn't, doesn't get last it – last year too? No, because it was the bubble. Mm-hmm. And because that's why everything was weird because the bubble. And then two years ago was their first year being good, you know? Mm-hmm. So now I think here's the first real legitimate opportunity for, I don't want to say legitimate opportunity. This is, a, this, is the, this is the last straw kind of thing. Cause last year you can make excuses for the bubble the year before you could make excuses for, you know, for, cause it was their first year being good. This is the time to prove yourself. And I think if he doesn't prove himself, then I think I think he's cashed. I think I think they're going to say he he can't finish. He's not a closer. He's not clutch. So I think with the pressure added pressure and on to Giannis, I think he will prevail. And then 
I've got the Bucks versus the Nets, and I in the conference finals, I'm taking the Nets. Right, same. Um, I think like for the East, I don't think we got much to like think about when you think about like Nets and Sixers because like we know what they are. I think we know what they are. Um, Nets like they don't have to show us anything. They just have to prove that this can work and they're the best super team this year. So it's, it's like they don't have a lot to do. With Sixers, I don't think they have they have to show anything except that they can win. Especially Embiid can like carry the team, unlike last year and the year before. Maybe was um, tricky when you think about it because if Kawhi's ball bounces somewhere else, maybe they win that game in OT and they go to East Finals. I know. With I'd the Bucks, twenty twenty, they got man. most to prove. And with the Bucks, I agree with what you said, but like. They made the like they should have won the championship the year the Toronto won. I think they missed that chance. They that was the opportunity. They didn't like they didn't do anything to like they were up two zero and they lost four straight. So now like what are they gonna bring to the table where we're like oh this this box team is different than what we saw in the past. Drew Holiday, like is he gonna make is he gonna make the plays at the end where you got Giannis and Chris Middleton on the floor? I like Middleton this year. I was a big Middleton hater till he didn't make the all-star team because I think he deserved it, but they left him off the team. So I'm going to keep my Middleton hate to myself for now until for now. he chokes in the playoffs. <laughs> so Sixers, Bucks, man, like who's going who's gonna to guard him, do you think? Like I don't see anybody. If Giannis there, then Giannis can't like that effective on offense. I know, especially because I think it- – Either way, that that's why I was tempted to take the Sixers, um, just because that's a tough matchup. Because either they got either the Sixers got uh, Matisse Thybul locking him down, one of the best defenders in the whole league, or like you said, if they put Giannis on Embiid to, to try to guard him, then that's then he's not going to be as effective on offense. So it's 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 kind of one of those lose lose situations. But that being said, I. I don't. I don't know who's gonna guard him. Beat you can't put Brooke Lopez on him, can you? No way. I think whatever happens, like anything can happen. If Nets is healthy, you got Kyrie, Harden, and Durant going hundred percent in the playoffs. It's nothing's gonna matter. Those are those. They're gonna come out the East regardless of what happens. So, I don't think there's like we can argue much if it's like who's the top favorite favorite like them that didn't come out their conference. I can't remember like Hawks. I don't think they were favorites that one year that they were good. Warriors came out every single year. Cleveland came out the years they were favorite. Um, well, the, I, the only time I could say is, well, the Heat this past year. Right. Like who nobody was favorite like that in the East when you think of like nobody was that favorite. Like I thought um, the Bucks were pretty heavily favored, but then they played crappy in the bubble. And that's why they weren't as yeah, favorite. Yeah, but if you watch Bubble, you were like, yeah, they're not gonna roll. Like as soon as you saw that they matched up with the with Miami, you were like, okay, like Miami can really beat them, and they did. It's so, funny you mentioned this that Atlanta Hawks team about teams that were heavily favored because I have a, a comparison to Utah. Yeah, yeah, uh, right I, we'll to Utah exactly. But, um, closing on the Nets, I I can't remember a team where where they're like this favorite and they don't win their conference like as i was kind of like warriors did cleveland with my uh, lebron with cleveland and miami every year they were favorite in boston um that year 
um, the two years actually came out. Lakers that three years in a row. Um, Cleveland probably with LeBron that 08-09 year where he lost to Orlando probably. The only season where maybe top heavy favorites that didn't come out. But I think that's, I mean, if MB comes, maybe they gave a couple games, but I don't see like anybody else that's going to beat them in four games if all the three guys are healthy. Like that's going to be enough. That's huge. That's huge. Yeah. It is huge. It's all about the health. I wonder, I wonder, let's say, here's a, here's a scenario. Let's say Durant goes down. Or let's say Harden goes down. I as think they're fine if Kyrie. As, as long as Durant and somebody else is there, I'd still think they're heavy favorites. What if Durant goes down? Durant goes down, you've got Harden and Kyrie and Blake still against the 76ers. It's like a recipe for, like, if we know Durant is out, out, it's not like the 19 finals where, like, he might come back. Yeah. Because if you know Durant is out, out, you change the way you play basketball. That's a good point. Then do you play the Houston Rockets basketball? I think you do. Because what else is Harden's going to play? Yeah. Like Harden, Kyrie's going to play that uh, Chris Paul and James Harden basketball. Then they made it to, I, I'm going to count them as they made it to finals if Chris Paul didn't tear his hamstring. So, good but point. Then, then you got Embiid on the other side or you got Giannis. If they get Bucks and Durant is out, like, okay. Blake Griffin or who? DeAndre Jordan? <laughs> Bruce Brown's going to guard Giannis? I don't think so. Yeah, that would be a disaster. Yeah, I can't think of anybody on the Nets roster that could but guard. as long as Durant is there, I think they're fine. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree with that statement. So All right. We both got Nets coming out. I think everybody does at this point. Yeah. I was skeptical at first. I think I talked about it in one of my earlier podcasts because – if you look at their bench, like there's just not a lot of good guys. But then, you know, now that they have Blake Griffin, that's such a huge upgrade. And, you know, because then you don't have to have a 30-however-year-old Jeff Green play as many minutes. You've got a, you know, a very, very legit guy in Blake Griffin. Anyways, West, you want to go first or you want me to go first? Um, I'll go first. Go ahead. We go – we – for my planes, I'm going to have – Mavericks jump in from the eighth spot. So first first round I'm gonna have uh Jazz Mass. I think Jazz wins, but it'll be like a g- very good, I think, series. Um Clippers over Warriors. That'll be a good one, but I don't think Warriors have enough to just keep up with those guys. But they I, could I surprise them though. Yeah, I can see Steph pulling a couple tricks. Um, because he likes playing against Clippers and he likes beating Clippers, even though Chris Paul's not there anymore. But Lakers, the th- Lakers at over Nuggets, I think it'll be easy, as easy as last year if Lakers are healthy. And I've been hearing about a move that they made where Montrezl Harrell's gone. So I think we got to see that to happen. And I think Schroeder's going to get an extension soon. So where it's like he has to play well, basically. And four or five. This will be like the best series of the playoffs, I think. Suns Blazers, if it happens. I don't know. Um, Lillard got embarrassed once against Drew Holiday <laughs> and Rondo and AD. I think it might be the time where he pays back 
against a Suns team who didn't make the playoffs in the last, what, 15 years, 14 years, something like that. But I think Blazers can go. But this is my point. I don't know what you think about it, but I think you might give me a chance here. What if we know Utah's won and Clippers and Lakers are close to fourth? Jazz did this in the recent years where they tanked the last three, four games where they get a seeding where they think that's easier for them. Huh. They did that two years ago and they got Houston. And they they did that three years ago or four years ago where they got Oklahoma City and they beat Oklahoma in the first round. They did that a couple of years ago against Houston, but Houston beat them. Do you think Los Angeles teams would try to do that instead of facing each other where they get Utah in the second round? I don't, and I'll tell you why. The reason I wouldn't do that is because now you don't know who you're going to be facing in the first round if he finishes a one or two seed with these play-in games, right? right? So I could see a team going from two to three or from three to four, but I don't see the top two seeds doing that because you don't know who you're facing in the first round with that playoff I'd say game. Jazz is one for sure. So yeah. if you're Clippers or Lakers, you're trying to drop to four instead of finishing two or three. Oh man, that's that is very interesting because if you drop, because it it almost actually further benefits your point because you don't know who you're gonna face if you're the two but, seed. It almost makes you want to not be the two seed. But you almost you want to be the three. Blazers or Nuggets in the first round. Well, yeah, you might be looking ahead, but your first round gonna be hard against Damian Lillard or Jokic. But I mean, that was just a point I thought. And that's very interesting to look because. Like, why would I want to play Lakers or Clippers if I'm one of them instead of I can play Jazz in the second round where, like, you don't even know if Jazz is going to beat Mavericks. I don't. Do you? I would assume so, but it's not set in snow. Um, for my second round, I'll go Jazz, Blazers. I think Jazz passes the first round, but I'm going to give Jazz an Eastern final, so why not? All right since they want to be really good. Um, and that Hawks team, I think, made the conference finals, if I'm not mistaken, and got swept. Yeah, they got swept for sure. Um, and two, Lake, two Los Angeles teams, 100%, I think, Lakers. But Clippers got some to pro. And if they, if they don't make any moves, I don't think they, like, even their first round will be hard if they don't make any moves. Like, they got to make a move where they get another playmaker. Like, I don't think you can finish a playoff game with the two top guys. Okay, we got them. Then who's finishing? Marcus Morris, Patrick Beverly, and Zubac. Like, like that's not going to get you to the uh, West Finals. But if they get a point guard of some kind where he can play, then I'm like, okay. Like, they, I feel like they got to find someone who's like Schroeder. I don't know who's out there. Uh, and you got to like match the salaries where he can play defense and run the team on offense. Obviously, the top of my head, I can't Kyle think of Lowry. Anybody. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Kyle Lowry, but that's, I think, a lot of money. And you got to get off the Beverly and Lou Williams contract. And I think they're on a bargain contract. So that's yeah. not going to match a lot. Um, so Lakers, Jazz, I got, I think Lakers. Like, because I can't see myself. 
giving Jess that much credit right now. Yeah, I kind of. Oh, that's so tough. I, I'm with you. I'm I'm right there. Here, I'll do. I'll do. I want to my... hear your um jazz take first and go through. Okay, so here's my jazz take. So, uh, you know what? Well, let's build into it. Let me give my predictions, and then I'll I'll build into it. Uh, using my charisma. <laughs> so we've got, okay, Jazz, whoever they play in the playoff, play in games, I think they're going to beat, even if it's Dallas, Golden State, I, I, I think um, Golden State is not going to win a series with just Steph. Um, you know, they're too young of a roster with Wiseman. And I mean, if you know, they really had to let a lot of guys walk, a lot of talented players walk to re-sign Steph and Clay and Draymond. So the, the roster's not very deep. I've got um, the Lakers as the two seed, and I think they will win whoever they play, whether it's the Spurs or the Grizzlies. I think they will absolutely dominate them with their bench depth, their experience, and their coaching. Um, I've got Denver as the four seed and the Suns as the five seed. I've got Denver winning, and here's why. No matter what, everybody's thinking, wow, the Suns are playing so well, the Suns are playing so well. And it's like, no matter what happens in life, it seems like Chris Paul always surprises me. When they think they're going to be great, they crumble. When they think they're going to be, he's not going to be as good, he overperforms like this year and especially last year. And I think a lot of people are going to buy into the Suns. And then right as time prevents itself, the Denver may look shaky, that, you know, they may look unexperienced. You know, they have RJ Hampton and Bull Bull, and they have such a youthful roster. 90% 90% of their core is under the age of 26, 27. And then they're going to surprise everybody. Um, I think they're going to make a move. So if they make that move. It just depends tough. on how well it takes to mesh. But I, I do. The one thing that scares me, though, is. I know Bradley Beal is excellent, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say in three years. I know he's only 27. I'm so high on Michael Porter Jr. I'm not positive that in three years, Michael Porter Jr., I don't think he's going to be as good as Bradley Beal, but if somebody told me that, I wouldn't be shocked. Right. And then you're telling me on top of that, we have to give in, give up a good role player like Gary Harris. We have to give up four first-round picks like you were alluding to, and we may have to give up an R.J. Hampton or a Victor Klankar, or a Bull Bull, or a, a youthful, you know, a solid young player. That's a lot to give up, because I know Bradley Beal's great, and I know it seems like they're just one piece away from taking it to the next step and, and you know, beating the Lakers potentially last year in the playoffs. But I don't know. It's a lot to give up. And I know you have to give up a lot of, you know, give up good things to get good things, but I don't know. It, it, it's tough. Anyways... I've got the Clippers as the three seed facing the Blazers. And I think the Clippers will handle the Blazers and kind of handle them easily. I think that that's a really good matchup matchup for Blazers. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a really good matchup for the Clippers, like you were saying. And then in the Western conference semis, we've got the jazz and Denver and gosh, am I tempted to take Denver, but I can't pick against a team that is playing so good right now. It would be kind of unwise for me to, to take, you know. That's from last year, so Jazz has something to prove. When, yeah, when you make that matchup. I mean, it really. I mean, I'll give my I'll give my hands to them. They did such a good job of going from 
being the first spreaders of COVID, to hearing these reports that Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell's friendship was unsalvageable, to they have to trade one of the two of them, to being the number one team in the NBA so quickly they turned the switch. Um, oh my God, I just, I saw on SportsCenter, I'm watching SportsCenter in the background that Allen Robinson tweeted, <laughs> the football player tweeted that uh, Andre Drummond had signed with the Brooklyn Nets, but I think he was joking. Yeah, I think he was joking too. Yeah, he must have been joking. Yeah, he was. Did he reach a buyout with the Cavs yet? Or not is he yet, not yet? Okay, so he free like, agent. did an announcement like that and like he never said anything, but I doubt that he'll go to Brooklyn. But yeah, keep on. That'd be interesting if he did go to Brooklyn though, huh? Right? Yeah. The Celtics. That would be, that'd be a good spot for. That'd be a good spot whoever, for the Celtics. Wherever he goes, I think it'll be a big impact. I know. He's such a great rebounder. Okay. And then, anyways, in the finals, I've got the Jazz beating their semis. I got the Jazz beating Denver. In the other semi matchup, I've got the Lakers beating the Clippers. Kind of a not a shock there. We saw it last year. It was not a good matchup for the Clippers at all. They they got smoked. Um, well, I mean, I, I guess they played Denver last year, but I'm saying I probably I think they would have gotten smoked had they played the Lakers, considering how much the Lakers kind of handled Denver. And then we've got the Jazz versus the Lakers. And I'm going to go with the Lakers because yeah. of experience and because LeBron James doesn't always win finals, but it seems like he makes it to one every single season. And so that's what I've got. Okay, well, let's get your jazz take now. All right, so here was my jazz take. The reason I think the Jazz will lose in the finals, they reminded me a lot of the Atlanta Hawks of that Atlanta Hawks team in whatever year it was, where they won so many games during the regular season. They looked like the clear-cut favorites to make it to the finals. But it seemed like, and this is what I'm going to say, same thing with the Jazz, it seems like they're hitting their peak too early. It seems like they're... 15 this season. Right? Yeah. Thank you for for that. I, I think it is... I think they're hitting their peak way too early. I think in, it, you know... In sports, in life, no matter what, ever there's a, a peak, you know, a climax, whatever you want to call it, and then there's a descending time. And I'm very fearful of the Jazz that they're hitting their peak right now when it doesn't matter, and that they were are going to descend uh, and just not perform as good. I think they're hitting their peak now. What do you think? And it reminds me of that Hawks team. Um, yes, I did think about that then. The Hawks team never had a player where it's like they like they had all stars because they were a team. Like Donovan Mitchell's been all star. Rudy Gobert's been the defensive player of the year. The only thing with like in the in the past I'm looking, like with the Warriors team, they changed the coach and they made like the year before Steve Kerr they lost in the first round. And with Steve Kerr first year they won the finals. With Jazz, we're basically looking. I mean, yeah, with Jazz, we're looking at the same thing. They lost in the first round. They blew a three-one lead. It doesn't matter. I don't think it matters if it was in the bubble or not because, like, you still have to play in the playoffs. Like, setup should be easier for you, and it was easy in the first four games because you won three of them. But, like, with the same roster, with same everything, are you gonna make a different adjustment as you made last year in the playoffs? No. No. Do you have the best player? maybe ever to play in the game that you have to go through at some point. Yes. Yeah. And like, I need to find a way 
to believe in them where it's okay for Rudy Gobert to be in the game at the end of the games, not be, not defensively, but offensively. Because when you put four guys there, um, let's say Mitchell, Ingles, Conley, and Bogdanovich, like LeBron and AD, who's going to guard LeBron? Royce, like, then you're going to have to play Royce O'Neal, who didn't play well last year. Let's say they play Clippers, Kawhi and Paul George. Let's say Royce O'Neal plays again, then Joe Ingles going to have to guard Paul George. He got the better Ugh, of that's a terrible against matchup. OKC, but like Kawhi's going to just go to work, let's say, Denver. Like, Jokic kills every good player. Like, Jokic gets up for the games where the other center is a good defender. Yeah. Like, it's just because you can't guard his mid-range shot and his post moves. You can't guard. He's, like, unguardable. He's, he's so, so skilled, you know. He's so good in the paint. Like, even if, you, if you're all over the guy, it seems like he's still going to make it. He's one of those guys where it, it was like when J.R. Smith that one year – was shooting a higher percentage on contested shots versus uncontested shots. It's like there's – you just – sometimes there's just certain guys you just can't guard. And okay, Jokic, best game, second best game this year. Against Utah, he shot 17 of 26, had 47 points. He's going to just, like, not going to make Gobert unplayable. So I'm I just going to find a way, way where, like, they have to, I think, if they like sweep first round, let's say, let's say they swept the first round and they like second round, they go 4 1. Then I think you can talk me into the Jazz. But now yeah. I just got to think that they're the Hawks team. Because remember, the Hawks, Hawks team came, just everybody was like, oh, LeBron's, that was LeBron's first year, right? Yeah, that was LeBron's first year back. And you were like, oh, look, they got like East is getting better. They got a team. Then what happened? 4-0. And first two series, they won 4-2 and 4-2. They beat Brooklyn and Washington. Then you got the LeBron. Then exactly. you don't get any chance. You get no chance? Yeah, I really do feel like... I hate to say it. to keep saying it? It's, it seems like this Jazz team is hitting their peak at the wrong time. They're hitting it too early and they're going to... They're just. I just feel like someone's going to maybe even get hurt. I don't, I don't want to force injury on anybody, but I almost feel like somebody's going to get banged up or something's going to happen because everything's going way too well, way way better than it should be for a team that didn't really add anybody this offseason. They just got Derek Favors back, which was their player and, like, played well there, but they only miss Conley. Like, that's very good for anybody on the team at this point with COVID. So, I'm like, if they miss one of their rotation players, then they just that just changes everything. And... Like, it feels easy to just compare them to Utah. I mean, to Atlanta team because, oh, they got, they're playing team basketball. They're number one. But, like, it doesn't feel different than what Hawks did. Like, they're it doesn't playing feel different team at basketball. All. They don't, maybe they have, like, their top player is the better player because Mitchell, like, he can score 50 in a playoff series. But, like, as they pass, like, like we can't even say they're going to be maps in the first round. Yeah, are they going to be able to be warriors? Like, I think they will, but but I, it's not a guarantee, you know. Wouldn't... Have you heard the Have you heard the Oladipo talk about warriors? No, I didn't. What's yeah. the talk? I mean, warriors are trying to make a move, obviously, because like, are you going to waste Steph's prime years? I think, yeah, he's still in his prime, but uh, Draymond doesn't have a lot in the tank, as you can tell. 
So if they make so what's the talks around? They're trying to get if Old Depot gets a buyout. Um, because uh, if Rockies can't trade him, obviously, I don't think they're going to be able to trade him because he's not going to extend there. So there's no point of paying him and playing him. But you don't think they could trade him even for a second round pick? No one would take Old Depot. The salary, like I don't know whose salary you're going to dump. Like Blake Griffin left thirteen million in the. For Pistons, so like oh, why because would Depot, like Victor- Depot's probably have his plan ready for the summer. Yeah, I guess so. We'll see. That's very interesting. Anyway, so now we've gotten to the last portion of it. Lakers Nets. We both have them in the finals. Who you got and why? Everybody healthy. I don't think Nets are beatable. It's sad to say because I want LeBron to get five or six, maybe, but. This Nets Nets team is built enough where it like plays the str- it plays uh, Lakers weaknesses, unless AD goes in a mode where like he's the Finals MVP, which is like he's got average what thirty five and fifteen probably, and win couple games. Like I think Rosillov said it for Winger that in the playoffs you're gonna play this for Nets and this can happen in any, any series. Kyrie can win you one game. Harden can win you one game. Durant's going to win you one game. That's three wins already. Yeah. They're going to click one game. Or you get a Joe Harris game. You might get a Blake Griffin game now. Or you get a game where they suck and they still win. Yeah. Like, I don't think Lakers have that. Lakers have games where, like, LeBron's best game ever that he played as a basketball player. He lost that game over time. 2018 finals game one, which sucks for him, obviously, because J.R. Smith forgot to score. But yeah. that can't happen because the other team is just so good. Like that, this Nets team is, I think, almost as good as that those Warriors teams if they click enough. I think they're even better. I think they're, I don't, I, mm, it's Not, tough. Like on paper, yes. On paper, I don't think the way they play basketball, that Warriors team are the best offensive team that probably ever played basketball. I also think that... I agree. I also think you could make the argument that that Warriors team was even better defensively. Oh, yeah. Especially Durant was like top five defensive player around that time. Like, this team doesn't have a center. This team don't have anybody to guard, guard AD. Like, DeAndre is going to try. Blake Griffin, Jeff Green is going to try. Is it going to work? I guess we're going to find out, but I think they're going to be able to slow down LeBron. They're going to be able to slow probably Schroeder. Like, the guy's going to have to hit shots where Lakers guys have to be much better than Nets role guys. Here's here's a good, interesting yeah. question. Who do you think is better? Um, Draymond Green in those prime Golden State Warriors years a couple years ago because he's I'm not necessarily sure he's fallen off but he's you know from a statistical perspective he was better during the three-peat years or Blake Griffin right now I, I don't know it's not even close Draymond Green's like what's the team he could get he got triple double without points like, that's true. That's, that's true. Just, he was. I, I, just, I wanted a hot take there, but but no, you're, it's 100. percent The Blake Griffin right now is. He like that dunking thing that he hasn't dunked in two years. I think it's the thing where it's like, for Detroit, he's not trying. Okay. Is Let's that see. true? He hasn't dunked in yeah, two he years. He hasn't dunked in. Since 2019. 
Um, like huh. uh, he hasn't dunked like nineteen twenty season. He dunked like the first like second game maybe or second week of the season, something like that. He's gonna play and he's gonna play well, but his well is not gonna be him dunking four or five times a night. It's gonna be like. Remember Boris Dia in 13-14 Spurs, where he was just passing the ball around, not looking for his, but he was just making the ball go around, having assists. Like Blake Griffin became that guy. Yeah. Where he's going to move the ball around, hit some threes maybe because he's only shooting threes now, obviously. But he's not going to, like, he's going to have games where he's like 16 points, five assists. Or he's going to have like 11, 6, 6, 11, 5, 5, something like that. But that Draymond was the best defensive. He won the defensive player of the year. Yeah. Like if Draymond doesn't not punch as LeBron, they probably have four rings. Or they yeah. go, what? They go back to back. Yeah, they go back to back. Yeah, that's a good point. That is a very good point. That was that was that was weird. That was a whole really weird situation. It was weird that one guy got suspended a game and one guy did not, but But it was the if you remember it was the thing where he didn't get uh, suspended for the punch. He got suspended because of the totality of the technicals. Because remember, he kicked Steven Adams in the in the team. <laughs> all oh. stuff. So all the all like all his technicals. I think it was like seven technicals in the playoffs. Oh, that resulted in one game instead of him one move. Got it. Got it. Okay, so, so it was total. Okay, that that's interesting. But I mean. That Draymond Green was, I think, somewhat, some, something else where he shows that right now. Like, yeah. Like eight minutes a game, maybe. That's it. Yeah, exactly. It shows, shows right now. Well, John, any, fi- any final thoughts about anything? Your jazz points. I'm glad that we approve. Yeah. Our jazz points, like lineup. Um, one last point. This Go is ahead. about the Clippers that I didn't make. Um, I'm just going to make the same points that I made about the Bucks, where they have to prove the most about these teams. Like they have I agree. More to I prove agree. Than Jazz. Like Jazz just got to show that, okay, we're, we're the best team in the regular season. Now we're also the best team. Clippers got to clean up what they did last year. Just like Bucks didn't, like, has to do for like last three years. Clippers got to show that. With that, um, Paul George signed the extension. Kawhi didn't, so he can be a free agent this year. That'll be interesting if they bounce early. I don't know if they will, but if Clippers prove that they're the team to go up and beat all these good teams, mm-hmm. they might, like, with all the momentum they got going, maybe they put up a fight against the Nets, but as I said earlier, Nets, I think, my champion. I, I agree. I agree with you the Nets are champions, and I agree with you that the Clippers have as much pressure on them as any other team does entering this NBA playoffs. I think they have more pressure on them. Maybe you're right. Maybe you've convinced me. I think they do have more pressure on them than the Bucks. I don't know. It's tough. It's a toss-up between those two teams because this will be the third season where the Bucs have been really good in a row, and if they don't make it to the finals for a third straight year, that would be that would be – a tough look. Um, I, I have guess... a question right before we close out. Go ahead. I'll, I'll give you my top three after yours. Top okay. three players that has the most pressure on in playoffs. Um, I think it's going to be Giannis as number one. Mm-hmm. And then I would think it would be, I almost, because Kawhi doesn't really have anything to prove. 
I think it's really Paul George has stuff to prove because there's been so much slander on him as a postseason player. And then, gosh, I don't even know who number three would be. Would it be, I don't want to pick anybody on Utah because they're a team, right? There's, I don't think it's any individual players. I don't know if I want to take, I almost think it's Ben Simmons, believe it or not. I was also thinking about, like, my three would be Ben Simmons for sure. Because you know, he knows and everybody knows that he was on the Harden deal. So if you don't, if you're not good, you get bounced early. It's probably going to be on Ben Simmons and Bradley Beal's on his expiring contract, for example. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I had Ben Simmons. Um, I had Paul George prop because of what he did last year. I think it's time. You got the extension. Now you got to clean up. And my number three was Devin Booker. Oh, like interesting. For like, if if it ends up in my standings, it would be four. So you're favored to win. Mm-hmm. You're favored to beat Dave, Damian Lillard or CJ McCollum. Are you gonna outplay CJ McCollum in a playoff series? I guess we're gonna find out. Yeah, and I like. I it. think this is like this is the point where um, franchises make the decisions of, okay, we got you, Chris Paul, Jay Crowder. These are playoff-proven players. You got number one pick, DeAndre in. You got Sarge playing well. Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson. Like, let's see. Let's see you win a couple playoff games. And this is going to be your first playoff. First playoff games. Like, I think Chris Paul going to... Like, I want to see Suns in the playoffs where if they play this basketball, I don't think they're going to... Because Chris Paul's going to... Like, even in the All-Star game, Chris Paul tried to slow the game down. Just instincts. He's going to do that in the playoffs. And I want to see if Devin Booker fits that. I hope he fits because I don't want to see a Devin Booker when it's like, you know, like it all, it's already started where like Devin Booker is probably going to go to the Knicks because they're trying to move him to the big market. Like it's not, you, you're, you're a fan. Like they're trying to make NBA WWE where yeah. everybody goes to a better team or everybody moves or stuff like that. But exactly. Devin Booker has to prove a lot. It does. He does have a lot to prove. I agree with you. I, I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people were so high on him after like the seventy point game and like, you know, he's that so was a fluke. <laughs> fluke was, they, they Did they lose? And pressing. They lost Did... and they were fouling and pressing so they could get the ball back. It's ridiculous. And they celebrated it so. <laughs> it was such a dumb thing to celebrate. It's like you lost. You were fouling and pressing, and. Yay. A young player scored a lot of points in one game that you still lost. I don't know. That was stupid. Is that, that's, that's close to show on him, making fun of Devin Booker and the 71 <laughs> points. All right. This has been back to my point. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Uh, this was my guest, John is Balkan. John, do you want to shout out your, your Turkish podcast? If anybody in case happens to be listening from Turkey. Yes. My um, Turkish podcast is called game plan in Turkish. Um, you can reach out to me and I'll send you the link. But we talk about the NBA with my brother twice a week. We basically do like a like a weekly like a weekly review every Monday and every Friday we do like pick a topic. Like for example, we're gonna do our awards this week, like we're gonna do with you next week. So if anybody wants to listen to a Turkish NBA podcast, I'm all, I'm the address. You can reach out to me and I'll let you know. But that's it. And thank you for having me. Obviously, we're gonna do more of these and hopefully we'll do more when you come back to Chicago and we'll do more in person which is more fun I'll tell you that 
Perfect. I'm, I'm excited to get back to Chicago and start doing some more podcasts with you, buddies. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining in. As John said, we will be doing another uh, video later next week on predicting our awards, our coach of the year, most improved player of the year, uh, and the rest of the NBA uh, awards as we stand at the standings right now. Thank you for listening to Back to My Point and take it easy.